Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. And today I have with me a really interesting guest and one that I probably going to be having a conversation with for my own personal business, just because what a shall free sky talks about is so freaking important. And it's all about time freedom. So let me tell you about a show. Coaches leverage a show to give them the exact blueprint to streamline their business and become more productive. He's passionate about helping parentpreneurs work less and enjoy more time with their families. And he is the founder of Double Your Time Off Dot com and because here in the in the direct sales world we are all about financial freedom and time freedom i knew we had to have a show on so welcome a show hey jenny thank you so much for having me on i am so glad you're here because as i mentioned 50 percent of people who are in direct sales come into it because they want that time freedom they are overworked at their corporate or service-based jobs so teachers nurses you know ambulance drivers, whatever it may be, they're overworked there. They don't have enough time. They want time back. They want to double their time off. How did you become the expert of doubling your time off? So my story really starts, uh, it's rooted in my own struggles as a lot are and my pain of just, I used to be that, you know, like constantly procrastinating and distracted on things you know, I was that guy who would stay up all night and uh, I'd be working till like literally the last minute before handing in an assignment. And it was just like, I felt like I couldn't get myself to do what I wanted to do. I thought maybe I was like a, a lazy person or like it was a character trait of mine. You know, I had this fixed mindset around um, what people would maybe call being disciplined. I thought I was just like not a disciplined person. That's a whole other story. I'm, I don't <laughs> necessarily really believe in this whole discipline thing. Like, but that, that's a side tangent. Yeah. And so I, you know, if you fast forward some time, I, my wife and I had our first child, and at the time I was working nine to five, and I would I would wake up in the morning and I would go to work, and you know before before even my family woke up, and then I would come back and I would have you know maybe a few hours with them before my daughter had to go to sleep. And I was like, well, this is great. I'm missing her old childhood. And that was really what sparked in me a desire to be an entrepreneur and to create more flexibility and more time freedom. And also being a parent, as new parents know, you tend to have no time to yourself in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Because everything is focused on baby mm -hmm. and 
survival. <laughs> yeah. And then also like, you know, any spare time I, I had, I was really just trying to care for my wife because she had difficult birth. And so, you know, I was taking care of them and then I was like not taking care of myself. And I was like, well, this is building up frustration and, and, and resentment in myself for my family. And, it, and I was like, whoa, like, this has got to change. Like, this is not right. I can't be feeling this. Uh, I need to do something about it, but I didn't know what to do. And then, you know, I was browsing some library one time and I picked up a book and I opened it to a random page and it said, fathers need to find time to themselves. They need to get up early and develop a morning ritual. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I don't know how, cause I'm lazy and I'm not disciplined, you know, subconsciously thinking that. Right. But then um, I was like, well, I'm going to figure it out. And so I started studying neuroscience and behavior change and implementing what I was learning and progressively started to develop a solid morning ritual. And then that progressed and I started to just develop more and more good habits in my life. And, and next thing I know, like people were asking me, like, well, what are you doing? Like, how are you so disciplined? And I was like, what are you, what you talk, mm-hmm. talking, talking to me? Like what? <laughs> looking around and, but yeah, like it just, started to develop a reputation as like the go-to person in, in habits and behavior change and putting out. So I started I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I, I guess I've learned some things. So I started putting on workshops and programs on goal setting and habit change. You know, I was at the time working seven days a week in my business and I was just trying to get more done faster. And I was stuck in, in what I call the hamster wheel trap, just like trying to get more done faster. I thought that was the key to, to like create time freedom. Turns out it's not. Uh, mm. <laughs> and then, um, and I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is not working. Like I, you know, I, I've learned things about systems and behavior change and why don't I apply this to my business? So I started leveraging what I call the laser beam effect. And I managed to shave, you know, like 20 hours off my work week and actually accomplishing more than I did when I was working seven days a week. And so that's, you know, really where my passion lies in, is that, you know, I believe parents, parent entrepreneurs deserve more time with their kids and their families. And so it's my mission to help them design a life where they can spend less time working and more time living and bringing fun into their lives. So that's why I created the W Time Off coaching program was to help parents run their business like a real CEO and become highly effective and enjoy more of those magic moments with their family. Oh. I love that because, you know, especially in the world of direct sales, many of us are parents, not all, but many of us are parents. And we get into this because we want that time freedom to be able to spend more time with our kids. And we, we, you know, are overworked at our full-time position or part-time job. And then we come home with no more patience, no more, no more, you know, energy is the word I'm looking for, for mm-hmm. our family and we're to be able to do the things that we love in addition to spending time with our own children. So, you know, the dichotomy of that or the the irony of getting into direct sales is many times now we're working a full-time job and trying to work a business and trying to spend time with our families. And so, you know, it's going to feel like, I imagine when you're working with people who are in this position, it feels like they've actually taken on more, right? Mm-hmm. So how do they begin to shift that? What's the first step in making a shift to be able to gain more time back and still be able to build the business so that you can eventually replace your income and pull away from the part-time or full-time job? Yeah. So like 
what you're saying. I totally, I hear that all the time. And, you know, the information we're going to talk about today is, is relevant. If you, if you resonate with what you just said, Jenny, it's like, you know, if you're spending less time with your family than you like, maybe you're working like 50 or more hours a week and to-do list is dozens of items long and you probably feel overwhelmed, discouraged by your progress. Um, and, you know, maybe feeling exhausted and like, at the end of the day, you know, I had this experience of like my daughter coming to me and being like, Hey, let's play. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm too tired. Or, or like, I'm sorry, I need to get to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, you know, maybe having some guilt around not being more present with them. And so like, you know, just, I had this mentality of like having to get more done faster. I thought if I did that, I'd be able to relax and slow down and trying to do everything. That's really, you know, not the solution. That's what, that's what I call the hamster wheel trap where right. you're just, there's kind of this hustle and grind culture of like, I just need to get more done faster. But the thing is like, there's only so many hours in a day. And if you just try to cram it all with more things, you're just, you're just going to fill up that time with more stuff. There's, this to-do list never ends. And so, you know, there's another way that, that we need to do things. Yeah. And so, you know, pre-interview, we were we were chatting and you had mentioned that there's a way to begin to prioritize what you're doing and be able to get more done in less time with a 90-day something or other remind let's dig into that how do we how do we start shifting so that we can get more done with less time and be able to actually get what we want what's this 90-day thing you were talking about yeah yeah great question so the 90-day execution planner it's uh part of the third pillar of my w time off program and before we really get into it, I just want you guys to know that like, you don't have, don't worry about taking notes or anything because I actually have a, a cheat sheet that summarizes what we're going to talk about. So if you, you know, you want to download that, you can go to wtimeoff.com slash BDSM and, you know, you can even follow along if you want. So basically I break it down into three phases. And the first phase is the North Star Vision. The second phase is the 90-day outcome. So this is like, in the next 90 days, what's my one major focus for the business that I'm going to apply disproportionate amount of energy to really make a change in this one area? And then the third phase is the execution plan, which is, you know, okay, if I have my outcome, this is like the end result. What is the actual behaviors and actions that I need to take that will get me there. You know, too many people focus on like my goal, you know, here's where I'm going. It's a great start, but that's not where you should be focusing most of your attention on the day-to-day. You should be focusing your attention on what are the behaviors that I need to be doing that are likely to get me that outcome. And so, you know, this is this is what is really going to get us out of this hamster wheel trap is when we can focus like you know, the laser beam effect, we're focusing like a laser beam, our energy into the, the one major priority, which is the constraint or the bottleneck in our business. So if, if you ever heard of the theory of constraints, if you think mm-hmm. of like a, a factory line and, you know, one machine, you know, builds the first part, the second machine builds the next part, the third machine builds the next part. Now, if the first or second machine 
is outputting like a 20% efficiency. And the third one is outputting 100% or, or 80%. It makes no sense to focus on the third machine and get the 80% up to a 90% efficiency if the first one is at a 20% efficiency. Right. It's just you want to focus where the bottleneck is in the process. And it's very similar with business that there are constraints on the output of our business. And if you can focus and you implement a system for regularly focusing on what is identifying the bottleneck and resolving that bottleneck, now you don't need to be putting in so many hours and grinding away on things that are really not that important because now you're focusing on the 80, you know, the 20% of the things that are going to get you like the vast 80% of the results. Yeah. So I can, I can break that down if you want, but that's kind of like, in it's crux, the, the essence of, of how we get more done with less time is you focus on what's that major priority currently in your business. I, I think that's brilliant. And coming from the perspective of someone in direct sales and one thing I know about a lot of the badass crew, the the people who listen to this podcast is they're new to business in many cases. And this is oftentimes their very first business. So they're not always sure where the bottleneck is yet. So for someone who's new to business, have you seen a maybe a habit or not a habit, but a pattern of where the bottleneck maybe tends to be for people who are new to business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'll get into that. And then maybe it's, maybe we should just start with the first phase because that's actually sure. part of the second phase. Oh, good. Okay. So then let's talk about that North Star vision then. Yeah. So the first phase in having an effective 90 day outcome is you, you really have to know where you're wanting to end up. And, you know, if you, Stephen Covey has this principle of begin with the end in mind, and that's really what this is about. Like, where are you ultimately going with this business? And, you know, many of us have at least a vague idea, but to really pinpoint it down and get very clear on like, what would you do with more time freedom? Like, what does your ideal week look like? What are the things that you really value in your life, you know? for me, it's family and kids, uh, spending time with my kids. And so that's going to affect how I want to design my business. And so I want to be clear with that before I start, because too often we set goals that don't align with our values. And, you know, maybe let's just say, you know, some people want to grow a business and grow to hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. They want to be a billionaire. That's all fine. That's just a different set of values than what I have. I'm not going to be grinding away 15 hours a day because I have a high value of family. And so really wanting to be clear on where am I ultimately headed? And so that, you know, that takes place in, in terms of like, what's my, my own vision for like my lifestyle and my family. But then there's also the vision of like, what's, why did I get into this business initially? Like, why does my company exist? What change am I seeking to make in the world and how am I making it a better place through my service, which is the business? You know, I think selling is a service if you're doing it aligned with, with the things you truly believe in. And, and so that's, that's how I want to be organizing 
my business is that I believe, you know, that parents deserve more time freedom. And so that's what my mission is in my business is like, I can measure that. Like how many hours per week have I saved for, for parents to be with their children and create these magic moments. And so that's, that's going to be a totally different experience than just showing up for money. That, that is a motivator, but that, that was a mistake I made early on in my, in my entrepreneurial journey was I was, you know, I was a, I was a father. I, I felt like I had to be the provider. And so I, I chased money for the first few businesses I opened. And, and honestly, that didn't get me very far because there's challenges that come up and, and how do you get through those challenges when you don't have a strong mission? So that's Ooh. summarizing it. That's kind of the North Star vision. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and I've got to say, you know, I've been in the coaching world actively coaching in the direct sales world since 2017, you know, as my complete and full-time business. I've been coaching in direct sales since 2011. And I can't tell you the number of people that when I ask the question, what do you want, right? What do you want? And they can't even answer that question, let alone the idea of the big vision and the, mm -hmm. you know, when you start digging into that. So how do you how do you pull out of people these visions, this North Star vision? Do you help them break it down? What how do you how do you get them to really focus on what this is? Yeah. So there's, there's different questions that you can ask yourself. And I already mentioned several of them earlier. I think the main thing is, you know, people get caught up on like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I want. Like, Oh, I don't want to commit to something. But the thing is like, you don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it started. You just mm. have to start clarifying it and, and not put pressure on it. Like when I was first clarifying what I wanted, my vision tweaked literally every day because I was, I was reading it over and I'm like, no, nah, that's not quite right. And I change it and, and it's still evolving. The point is not to know exactly where you're going. It's just to have a good general direction idea so that you're moving with intention and you're not just letting life throw you around and, and react to life. You're moving in with, yeah, like I said, with intention. And so my main piece of advice is is just start writing it down and, and don't put pressure on what you think it exactly needs to be and 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 to review it you know like if you don't want to just write it down and forget about it you want to review it on you know maybe you don't have to do it daily but on some kind of regular basis so that you can revise it and you get updates from from the environment and through your life and you're like oh that's not quite right and you just you just tweak it as you go yeah. And it would make sense to me that at minimum you would do it every 90 days. Cause if you're doing a 90 day, you know, plan here, cause he's guys, he's provided for you a 90 day cheat sheet. So, <laughs> you know, at minimum, it would make sense to me that you would do it, you know, every 90 days when you go, okay, all right. Did mm -hmm. I accomplish in the next part, the phase two, which is the 90 day outcome. So, you yeah. know, you can review your vision, I would think, and then work on your next 90 day outcome. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the, the part of the review process I teach in, in the third pillar of prioritizing when we're doing the 90 day outcome, there is also a 90 day review. So that takes Perfect. us into the, you know, phase two, the 90 day outcome before we jump into setting our intention and our outcome for the next 90 days, we want to review the North Star and we want to also review how the last 90 days went. So, you know, there's questions you can ask yourself, like what are the 20% of things that are driving 80% of the results? 
So if you know the 80-20 principle or the Pareto principle, this is based on the idea that there are a vital few things that are disproportionately valuable, like massively more important than most of everything else that you could do. And so when it comes to being effective and not just efficient and productive, when it comes to being truly effective, that comes down to really identifying what are the things that are working and what is not working. So that's a really useful question. Another one would be what mistakes can we learn from? What didn't go as well as I'd hoped? Or what did I learn from that? Yeah. And, and you know, there's other questions you can ask yourself. Maybe like if I'm looking back over the last three months or six months, what are the three least valuable things that I should stop doing? And so this is like starting to get you into the mindset of moving up the value ladder in terms of trading trading um, time out for different activities. So that's, you know, entrepreneurship is when it kind of can boil down to is you're, you're trading up in terms of like, okay, I'm doing a lot of adding right now. That's not really moving the business forward. Can I get someone else to do that? Can I create systems in place so that I can move up and focus on higher leveraged activities? And so you're constantly trading yourself upwards so that you can work less, but get more out of that time that you work. I love this. And and one of the things I want to, you know, connect one of our other guests who was here on the podcast last year, his name is Jordan Adler, and he's one of the most successful people in the world of direct sales and network marketing. And one of the things he talked about in that interview, I think it was that interview, because I, I don't know, I've interviewed him twice on two different <laughs> things. So, but I'm pretty sure he said during the the interview on the podcast, that one of the things he gave up years ago was TV. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not getting paid for this. And in fact, it's costing me money. So he gave up TV and said, look, I'm going to read if I want entertainment. I'm going to build a business if I want entertainment, you know, because then once I build the business, then I can go do whatever I want Mm -hmm. and do it, you know. And so he one of the three least valuable things that he cut from his life was TV. And I know that's kind of terrifying for some people. Mm. Even me, I go, oh, but I so enjoy it. And I don't watch that. Like I start that whole like, but I don't watch that much, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just want to bring that up, guys, that it's it's not just things within your business that you might be looking at potentially giving up. Because if Jordan Adler, multi-million dollar earner, I mean, multi-million dollars every year earner in direct sales and network marketing is has given up TV, then perhaps that's something we need to consider as, a, as an option to, you know, find more time uh, mm-hmm. to get our 90-day goals taken care of, right? Yeah. And another sticky one is social media. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, because, you know, a lot of people think they're on there for business, but do they really have a strategic plan? of if I apply these behaviors, I can expect these outcomes from social media. Or is it just uh, I kind of post here and there, I kind of browse a little bit, I get distracted, I check out this person's profile, I start posting images, and they go down a rabbit hole and who knows how long, how much time has gone by before you (laughs) kind of wake up (laughs) from the social media days. Yes. So that's personally one of them that I've cut out. I'm not, I haven't like removed my accounts, but I, I don't even know, you know, When's the last time that I've like browsed social media? Mm, powerful, 
powerful. Yeah, I know that I've really had to to cut back on my browsing time. And I know for me, one of the things that was really effective was when I knew I was going into to post something for business, let's say, I set a timer, mm-hmm. a five minute timer. I had five minutes to, and so I was creating this sense of urgency to get in yep. there, get it posted, get, you know, whatever it was taken care of and then shared if necessary. And then before my goal was to try and do it before the timer ran out. So that way, if I got it done in less than five minutes, I could spend whatever time until the timer dinged scrolling. But then once the timer dinged, yep. close it out, be done. Right. So it allowed me to, to get the thing done, stay focused. Cause I, let me tell you, when you were describing how unfocused and feeling lazy and disciplined, I have been there, done that still to this day, sometimes struggle with those emotions myself. So I feel you, it's seriously so hard on that. And when someone tells me how organized they think I am, the inner dialogue in my head that comes out in that moment, I'm like, oh, if you could see my desk. Oh, if you you could see my closet. Oh, if you could see my bedroom, you know, you would, (laughs) you know. And so it's like, oh, right. Sometimes these these things that we do. So it's really interesting. So when when you said, you know, people people thought you were so disciplined and you're like me, are you? You can't be talking about me. I totally understand that feeling on that. So once people have gotten through, so they've got their North Star vision, they now have a 90-day outcome. They've begun to review and take a look at what they can begin to stop doing. Because I think one of the things we want to point out is in getting more done, it's just as important to look at what you are doing and what you can add and you know, add to doing that's going to get you more of a result. Like you said, move you from the 20% effective and and productivity up to 80%. And what can you stop doing? What do you need to take out? What is it that you don't need to be doing? And that is incredibly, incredibly powerful to think about because it could be something as simple as being the one to, oh, okay, I'm going to pull an example from my own life. I don't do dishes in my house. I I don't do dishes. I hate, number one, I hate it. I don't like doing it. And, you know, dishes are a direct result of after me cooking. And I'm like, I already cooked. I don't want to freaking do the dishes too. This is a load of crap. So the rule in our house is if you cook, you don't have to clean. So (laughs) nice. (laughs) one One of my kids regularly volunteers to help me make dinner. So now my nine-year-old is jumping in, helping me cut (laughs) things, stir things, because she also hates dishes as much as I do, right? So, but I don't have to do dishes anymore. So when I get done making dinner and after we get done eating, you know, everybody has to clear their place from the table, but those who didn't cook, so usually that's my older one and my boyfriend, they get to do the dishes. You know, and so I don't have to do dishes anymore. When my kids got old enough and I got to transfer that where I didn't have to do it anymore. Oh my God, y'all. It was powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Powerful to stop doing dishes. (laughs) So let's get into the execution plan part of this 90 day piece. So just to be clear. The 90-day outcome is kind of a two-phase approach. So you're looking at the past, you're reviewing, Mm -hmm. and then you're looking into the future and you're setting your 90-day outcome. So now that's what we would do. So 
when it comes, so we're still in the phase, second phase, okay, 90 day outcome. Cool. And so when it comes to setting a 90 day outcome, first is to brainstorm. What might we do in the next 90 days? And so in the North Star vision, you know, I also teach like breaking down your vision into like maybe five years and or one year to have kind of like another little like stepping stone along the path. Sure. Um, so if you, you know, were, let's just say you had a one year goal, then you could ask yourself, well, what might we do in the next 90 days to be on track to achieving our one year outcome? And if every other area of the business remained at its current level, what one area would have the greatest impact? So I'm going to break that down. When we're looking at the areas of our business, there's five areas that you can kind of break it down into. And so this is going back to the question that you asked me earlier, you know, when someone's starting out, what is the bottleneck? So I'll explain that now. So the five areas and they kind of flow one after the other, like a pipeline. And so first area that could be a bottleneck is leads. Mm. So just having potential opportunities that you can speak to, that you can connect with, that you can start a conversation with. Do you have a flow of people coming in consistently? So that's, that's the first area. And for people starting out, that's probably going to be your bottleneck. That's just kind of where you have to start. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're going to have to get more, more leads coming in. Oh yeah. Um, the, the, one of the number one pain points that, that people in direct sales have is they say, okay, I've talked to all of my friends and family. Now what? Right. I've, I've already had those conversations with all of them. Now what? So they, they've run out of leads. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, you're right on target with this. <laughs> Keep going. It's <laughs> second bottleneck. <laughs> yeah. So the second bottleneck is conversions. So this kind of breaks down into two areas, which is building trust with people. So nurturing your leads. If you have email subscribers, are you communicating with them regularly? Are you giving and building trust? And then monetizing them. Do you have a sales process that is going to turn them into clients or customers? And so, you know, that's, you know, various ways you could do that, you know, sales pages, conversations, sales calls. So that's the second area, which is conversions. You have leads coming in, then those leads are turning into clients. Now there's actually still three more areas. Wow, nice. <laughs> So the third area is fulfillment, or you could also think of this as the wow experience <laughs> where you want to wow them. So now they've, they've, you know, they've given you money and this is a lot of times, unfortunately, where people kind of forget to pay attention, but you really want to wow them when they give you their money. You want to create for them an, a remarkable experience. And, and I use that word very specifically, remarkable, worth remarking about. So mm. the goal is here is that you create a business where you're providing so much value, like, you know, 10 times the amount of value that they're paying you that they just can't help but tell their friends about it. That's what you want to do. You want to create a business that, it, you know, ultimately is you don't even have to market yourself because you're just so remarkable that everyone tells everybody else. Yes. Yes. I, Yes, because <laughs> I, and I, I celebrate this because 
watching the transition of my business when I went from focusing on the sale to focusing on the customer and the hostess and my team members experience of me totally changed everything totally changed everything completely because then i was you know and i'm talking about when i was active in my direct sales business right it completely changed the number of hostess who wanted to have a party because they had such a great experience of the party and such a great experience of me leading up to the party and then after the party right so that got me more parties right and then they were talking to their friends about oh my god you've got to come to this it is so much fun we have a great time and hey you don't have to buy anything if you don't want to but i'm telling you this is so much fun and the the jewelry is absolutely beautiful and we're just gonna have a good time drinking wine and having fun and so people would show up just to find out what their friend was raving about <laughs> you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't always necessarily about the jewelry but i knew once i had them in front of me I was golden. So changing it to the experience that they were going to have and really focusing on that, I would agree, you know, for me, unintentionally fix that bottleneck. I I didn't have someone coaching me through this, Ashao, and I wish I had known you, you know, 10 years ago because <laughs> I would have been even more wildly successful than I was and would have gotten there so much quicker. But seriously, that that shift of experience and providing that wow experience, oh, you're not wrong. You are not yeah. wrong with that. So cool. Yeah, next bottleneck. We, yeah, we'll go to the next bottleneck. We don't have time to dive into the into the wow experience, but the, you 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 can engineer experiences. You know, thinking about the process from from beginning to end, and how can I make you know, how can I add little magic touches here and there that'll just really enhance the experience. So yes, mm -hmm. experience keyword, amazing. So <laughs> yes, okay. So bottleneck number four is retention or repeat buyers. So, you know, how can you get someone to want to come back? And obviously this is, you know, relevant to like subscription-based businesses, but even if you don't have a subscription-based business, you can still think about this in terms of like, just like we said, again, you know, client experience, they're going to refer, but there's ways that you can structure your offer and, and what you're doing so that people will want to come back and and they'll want to stay with you. Ultimately, you want to create raving fans that are like lifers, you know, like I'm with you. doesn't matter what else is out there. I am so blown away by what you do, your mission, your experience that I'm going to stick with you and I'm going to support you. Yes. Oh, I'm sure you've read the, the thousand raving fans article. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was a, that was a powerful turning point for me in realizing that in my own business here with coaching, because I didn't I didn't get exposed to that concept in that article until after I was already in coaching, I think for a couple of years at that point, because I was really like, okay, I got to try and get as many people as I can. And, and no, I just need a thousand raving fans. I mean, in that article, guys, in you can Google it seriously. It's it's powerful to just get that idea. If you can have a thousand people spend a hundred dollars you've just had a six-figure year that's it mm -hmm. but how do you get the thousand well those are the leads that's the wow experience <laughs> that's the leads the conversion the wow experience so that you get those thousand raving fans for retention right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah, I think that's uh, 1,000 True Fans by, I don't remember now. I want to say Ken something, but something you Google like it. that. 1,000 yeah. True Fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the fourth that's the fourth potential bottleneck. And then the fifth one is profit margins. And so there's different ways that you can leverage this, but basically it's wanting to provide more value in return for more money for every client that comes your way. So traditional example, McDonald's, you go to get a burger and they ask you, would you like fries with that? Well, now they're increasing the value and they're getting more money for every client. You know, I don't condone McDonald's, um, but <laughs> it, <laughs> it's the it concept. Makes, it's a, it's the concept that makes for a good business example, and you know that's where they actually make a lot of their profit is in these things that they that they add on. So you know, thinking about how can I increase the value to sell an additional thing that maybe leveling up the service. So some people like more VIP experience. Well, can you have a VIP tier to what you offer that people who have money want to spend money on nicer things? It's, mm. It can be a hard thing to, to wrap your head around, but people are willing to pay for greater access to you, for more perks, or just for a greater experience. So you know, that's one way upselling a higher level of service. You can sell a adjacent need, you know, like if you're selling fitness equipment, well, maybe you can also sell supplements, let's say. Ah, yes. Yeah. So basically that's profit margins kind of comes down to that. Just how can you make every client worth more than they already are? Absolutely. And I want to help the newbie who may be listening right now. So if you are someone, for example, so in in my own direct sales business, like I said, I came from the world of jewelry. So I was not only selling the jewelry, but we also had cool little jewelry accessories. So it could be like a little ring box, a travel ring box to carry your rings in. We had little accessories that allowed long necklaces to get turned into short necklaces. There were, I mean, just I'm trying to remember all the things. We had cleaning cloths, jewelry cleaning cloths that we could sell in addition to it. So all these little things that you could add on that were accessories, necessary in some cases. So, you know, thinking about, you know, in your own business, you know, your top products and then what are the what are the smaller, easy add-ons that people might need in order to have a better experience of that product. Right. Yeah. It's like you're leveling up your perspective one layer higher and thinking, what need am I really solving with this product? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, you're moving up. Like, let's just say that the fitness example is like, well, I'm not just letting people get stronger with this fitness equipment. I'm helping them become healthier and create more energy. Well, supplements will help with that. Meal plans will help with that and so on. So right. you just you bring it up one layer higher. Like, what need am I really solving with this? So powerful. Oh, so powerful. So now they've looked at their bottlenecks. They are starting to create, I'm guessing, a plan for this now. Yeah. So the beauty is like, okay, you know, you might be have your mind spinning. Oh my God, there's all these things. But remember, the key is to identify what is your constraint? What is the bottleneck? You just focus on that one thing. You don't have to look at everything else right now because that's not relevant until you solve the constraint. Mm -hmm. So first, 
identify what's your constraint, and then you want to turn it into a measurable or falsifiable statement. So what do I mean by that? Well, measurable would be something that you can measure. So, you know, for example, increase monthly sales from 5K per month to 7K per month by date. So that's the kind of formula that you can think about increase or decrease something. So in this case, monthly sales from the current state to the end state by date. That's the formula you can use. Now, that is what most people would set as a goal. I would say that's not a great goal because that's too vague. You want to get specific on what is your constraint. Okay, well, let's just say that my constraint was conversions and I'm using a video sales letter funnel. Well, maybe that could be increase the VSL booking rate from 5 to 7% by date. So it's just basically identifying your bottleneck. What is your current rate? What would you like to increase it to? That's one way to do it. That is a measurable statement. And then, but you could also have something that's falsifiable, which means you either did it or you didn't do it. So for example, it could be launch a new product line by this date or launch my coaching program by this date. And so you would want to get specific. What what does that actually mean to launch? You spend a minute imagining the outcome, whatever, my website is live or I've, I've told five friends something specific, but that is also a way to have a clear defined endpoint. And that is necessary for us to move into the third phase. Gotcha. Good to know. And so the third phase then is the execution plan. So yeah. pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where most people, you know, they kind of fall off the bandwagon and they're like, I got my goal, let's go. But it's like, let's go and do what? Like, what, what are we actually like having to do to make it happen. And so this is first, um, you just brainstorm everything that you could do to create this outcome that you've just said for yourself. So you can ask yourself, if I could wave a magic wand and do anything to you know, increase my VSL booking rates from 5 to 7%, what would I wish for? What would I, what would I have be done? And you just brainstorm, you list all the ideas out. There are no bad ideas because bad, quote unquote, bad ideas can lead to other great ideas. So just brainstorm, don't filter. Same thing prior with a 90 day outcome when you're brainstorming, don't filter. And so you're just thinking of all the different ways that you could potentially make this happen. And it'll, it'll usually break down into like, three categories like it'll either to fix a bottleneck you're gonna either need a process you're gonna need to have some kind of ongoing activity or you're gonna need to implement a project which is there's a series of steps that need to be done or you're gonna need a person which is gonna have to get some help to like relieve some of this time that you are putting into this activity Mm. so just going to brainstorm, get the smorgasbord of ideas out there, say, write it all down. And then you want to make it specific. So you want to ask yourself, who is doing what behavior? And is it a one-time behavior or is it done repeatedly or for a period of time? And so you're just going to look at each idea 
and you're going to turn it into something that is specific. So who is doing it? What is the behavior? And is it ongoing or is it just a one-time project? So let me just maybe think of an idea to make that more concrete. So let's say that you're going to be starting a blog, for example. Okay. Then, okay, maybe you had like writing articles as like, okay, that could be a, a behavior that I could do. Okay, well, who's going to write the articles? Well, okay, in the beginning, it's probably going to be you for the who. You can kind of skip that. Um, yep. But then what behavior? Well, I need to research. I need to research my article and I need to, you know, draft it out, review it. That's the behavior. And how frequently? Well, let's maybe every week ongoingly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that could be an example. For me personally, one of my outcomes is to, I'm doing a podcast tour. Like we're here right now sitting with you. Yay! And so my lead metric is another way of thinking about this behavior or, or lead metric. The, the things that are going to lead to the outcome is to reach out to podcast hosts. So how many outreach emails do I send every week? And I know that if I send out a certain percentage of emails, I'll get a certain percentage of responses. I'll get a certain percent of yeses. I'll be on podcasts and you know it trickles down. A certain amount of people come from that and so on. So I know that if I can just apply energy on this one activity, that's going to give me a good chance of getting the outcome I want. And so that's ideally where we want to get. We want to get to what is the activity or the few activities that I can just focus on that. And that's going to make a big difference. And, you know, in the coaching program, I I teach you to like, you know, create what I call a scoreboard that you can track your progress and and make it, make it easy for you to to see how you're, how you're progressing. And, and, uh, you know, it also gives you motivation to see like, you know, how much you're getting done and whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's once you've brainstormed everything, you've have all your ideas, you've made it specific. Then now you want to rank your ideas, which one is going to be the most effective. And, and there's a, you know, we don't have time to go into it, but I have a, right. a process for, for figuring out which one's going to be the most impactful with the least effort. But that's kind of what you want to find out, like what's going to have the most impact with the least effort. And you're going to pick, you know, one to three behaviors, no more than three. You really want to limit this to like, what are the few things that are going to have the biggest impact? And yeah, once you have that, that's, you just go ahead and focus on that. You've identified the most important business activities for your business. Love this. And and I want to let the badass crew know, I've already, I, I just clicked on the link to go look at the cheat sheet. You guys, you've got to go get this. This is absolutely brilliant and helps break down exactly what, what Ashao just talked about so that you can sit there and step-by-step go through it. And now let's say somebody goes through this and they get lost or they go, man, I get to this execution plan part and you know, I'm having trouble with the decision matrix, the impact and, and effort, most impact, like least effort. How do I define that? How do I do that? How would you like them to reach out to you, Ashao, so that they can gain more clarity or maybe, you know, get some more help on, on this doubling their time off. 
Yeah. So if you're interested in like more personal help working with me, I do do one-on-one coaching with people. Um, so basically that's like, you know, we do a one day intensive where we just hash out the plan on like, what do you need to do specifically for you to reclaim 10 plus hours for you and your family? Then, you know, next 90 days, you have unlimited direct access to me, unlimited one-on-one coaching. So that's how I work with people. And if that interests you, then, you know, just sign up for the cheat sheet doubleyourtimeoff.com slash BDSM. And then on the next page, there's an opportunity for you to sign up for a complimentary business audit where we're actually going to go through your business. What is your bottleneck? What is the one thing you need to be focusing on? And then uh, if it feels like a fit, if it feels like you want my help overcoming that bottleneck, then we can talk about how to work together. I love that. And because I know... You know, the great thing about business is we tend to attract who we are, right? Or at least who we who we were once upon a time because we're able to show people to the promised land, right? You had difficulty with discipline and getting things done and feeling like you were on that that hamster wheel trap and now you're not. And so you're attracting people who are like that, right? So I know that the people who are listening to this are sitting here going, that's me. Because <laughs> I've attracted people who are like me. I know this. So, you know, badass crew, make sure you go grab this really simple cheat sheet to, to break it down. I would highly recommend taking him up on the complimentary strategy session because this kind of stuff that he's talking about is not my area of expertise. Don't worry. You are not being disloyal by fixing the thing. <laughs> go talk to a show. Find out what your bottlenecks are and and get started with this because this is incredibly powerful and this is going to be something that's going to help each of you become the parentpreneur who actually gets to spend time with their kids, which is the whole reason why we got into this business was to have that time freedom along with the financial freedom that will come with completing all of this. So, Ashal, thank you so much for your time and your expertise with this. This has been comp- just eye-opening for me. I love this. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. Oh, my gosh. And and guys, just, you know, I'm going to be going and booking my own complimentary time with him. So, you know, <laughs> by the time you guys get to hear this, I I've, I've probably will have already had mine. OK, so just letting y'all know. Um, so, Shell, thank you again for taking time away from your family to be here. I so appreciate you. And just so you know, if you're on a podcast tour, I, I know a few podcasters. Let's talk so <laughs> I can help you get more of that. So thank you again. I so appreciate you. Oh, well, thanks. It was, like I said, so much fun. Absolutely. All right, Badass Crew, you guys know how this goes. Stay tuned because there is another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.